Ladies and gentlemen, Sam Baldock and George Baldock, welcome to Worldie. Hello folks, welcome to episode 29 of the Every Goal, a Worldy podcast. With me as always is Mr Andy Roberts. Good evening. There is plenty to talk about today. There sure is. There's been all kinds of shenanigans happening. Let us start with what is now old news, but we should cover on the podcast. Uh, As many fans often chant, sack the board... Yeah. Reading have actually sacked the board. Yeah, I mean, like there's like some proper outs going on. In yeah, Reading. they they took the direct advice of the fans and decided to sack the board. So a lot of this came, uh, I guess, about seven or eight days ago now, um, when Ron Gourlay was removed. Ron uh, Gourlay was removed, and a lot of people were saying he was the problem with the stagnation of the club and all the you know any ills in the world were his fault. Basically, uh, Gourlay was uh, sent away by the owners and was replaced by Nigel Howe, who was a guy who's deeply connected with Reading, was chairman for like twenty years before in the past, and mm-hmm. clearly knows everyone and everything about the club. Yeah. Uh, and as we found out, is also heading up a project to bring Reading an ice rink, which I know you'll be very happy about. Um, well, yeah, it, it was it was a hot topic on a <laughs> conversation was. we were having where where like it's basically some lads from Reading were ragging on Oxford, and I pointed out we've got an ice rink and a you know fucking temping bowling alley, which Reading doesn't have and have, and you know, and also we've got a bit of culture and style. But you know, hey, um, <laughs> yeah, well that is true because our because our only bowling alley was closed down after the club above it had a man kill himself inside <laughs> oh, it oh dear so oh, yes dear. so that is there's Reading for you people who remember <laughs> Utopia Nightclub that's a nice little uh, mensch there um, yes so uh, Ron Gourlay went and then Nigel Howe went on a sort of Night of the Long Knives style uh, knocking off of anyone that had anything to do with Ron Gourlay <laughs> so he went and then instantly um, Clement went yeah um, a couple of other backroom staff folks and Gianluca Nani the sporting director all gone yeah it's quite a clear out and to be fair and i think we were talking about this earlier um when you're in a bit of a stagnant position you've been basically bottom of the the table for a season and a half yeah you're not going to do anything with the status quo you do need to have some kind of change big change and often just changing the manager isn't going to be enough well that's it and i I, good or bad it's fun (laughs) to be perfectly honest and, and do you know what? It's new and it's different. Yeah, right? and again, it's good. yeah, when you're having when you when you're going through a rough old time, something different. Yeah, that's that's fair enough. So it kicked off a, a shitstorm of social media uh, musings and uh, speculation, various bits and bobs. Um, and out of that, obviously, the new manager is the number one the number one thing. They did a good job of bringing in the new chairman very very quickly, mm-hmm. which is good. And I'm extremely excited because. I really think that that Dai Yong and and his family have a shitload of money. I mean, they they have lots of money. Yeah, it's whether they choose to spend it on the football club against any of their other projects or whatever sure. that they have. And I think that Ron Gourlay was not interested in working hard to tease money from these Chinese owners. And 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 it might be. I mean, I don't I don't know the situation at Reading, but it is one of those things where the the, the people holding the purse strings are 
they, they sort of expect to be approached yeah. for money because that's yeah. the way football works. Well, exactly. That, you need a business case, right, yeah. for any spending. And, and you know, whether it's the manager doing that or the, like a chief exec or, or a chairman, whoever it is, it's going to the, the people holding the purse strings and saying, uh, it's time for some money. We need to do that. Mm. If, if people haven't been doing that at Reading, then, yeah. then maybe that's a problem. Exactly. And I think Nigel Howe did it when Medeski was, was the owner and now he's going to give it a go with with uh, with the with a young brother and sister so it is I, I think it's really positive just to have that change and i think that whatever happens we're going to see something yeah. big happen to the club over the next six months or so but in the short term everyone's very excited about new manager and of course the usual collection of uh what's the word i can use Twats? Twats. Is, yeah, that is the word. <laughs> is that the right word? Well, like just the, the, the useless old mm. merry-go-round of tired old hacks that have been yeah. like through Big the mill. Sam. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Pa- Imagine that. Pardiola. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Steve Bruce. Dave Moyes. Mark Hughes, David take, Moyes. I'd have taken Dave Moyes. I'd have had Reading, Dave Moyes, to be honest. Unquestionably. Uh, Brian McDermott, out of whatever he's doing now. I would that be his third doing. spell at It would Reading? be his third spell, yeah. Mm-hmm. It would be, I think it would be how McDermott 3, because yeah. I think he was there at the time. Uh, so, yeah, so a lot of speculation about who the manager is going to be. And then out of, out of the wilderness mm. appears a strange and exciting... For a foreign man, yeah, yeah, <laughs> one of those foreign men. Somebody we haven't heard of exactly, here before. Yeah, um, it intrigued people and obviously scared people. Mm. So there were many on the Twitter. Who is this? Who's this fucking geezer? Who's <laughs> this geezer? What the fuck does he know about English football? Eh? <laughs> yeah, exactly. He knows nothing. What does he know about going away to Port Vale? What does he know? Well. Probably not very much in it. That may be a good thing in my view. Yeah, because because your current manager knew about it, and look what happened with him. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so yeah, so this fella, uh, Luis Castro, f- suddenly became the number one uh, pick for the new Reading job, which is very strange because nobody knew him. He no. appears to have no particular connection to the club, uh, and so then I spent the day trawling through Portuguese websites. Right. Have, not, you, have you been learning about like paella and, and some like delicious fish dishes? That's Spain, right? So okay. don't be nasty. Well, they they they, they definitely eat that. I don't know because Portuguese is an impenetrable language. <laughs> so I don't know. All I do know is that I went there. I've been there many times to Lisbon. Lovely, very nice. I've been to the holiday in the Algarve, and that is also lovely. Okay. And I've been to Lisbon many times with work, and I tell you, you can get some good food down there. I had a soft shell crab, and it will blow your mind. I, I, I fucking hate crabs, so yeah, it oh. probably will blow my mind. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, can they make a good manager? Like you know, let's pick one at random. Um, Jose Mourinho, oh, God. fucking rubbish. I hadn't thought have you, about have you that. Seen that? He's rubbish. <laughs> where, where am I? He's taken Man United to like eighth in the Premier League. Like, I mean, what has that what man has ever he done? achieved in football? Where's the respect clip? <laughs> uh, oh, hang on a second. Um, oh, uh, there we go. Okay, you keep trying and trying and trying. To get me to listen to this podcast, you get some respect. Yes. Okay. Respect. Yeah. That, that might be the first time people realise that that was Jose Mourinho. <laughs> <laughs> Do we need to put disclaimers on, Possibly, on, on, yeah. on the stings? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I I say why not? Let's have a crack on this fella. So. Uh, it seemed to be a bit of a wild pipe dream, and obviously there's a load of speculation that goes around at these times. And I think. Like in in my heart of hearts, I was still expecting us to get one of those crappy English managers that just does the rounds, you yeah, know. Yeah. And so I'm genuinely excited about the idea of getting in somebody who's a bit of an unknown. And 
If you look at recently, um, like uh, Carlos Calviao, nobody knew who he was. No, no. And Nuno yeah. Spirito Santo, nobody knew what he was. And he has a fucking great name. He's very yeah. fun to say. It is, yeah. Um, yeah, so why not? Let's give it a fucking go. So I started looking around because I was like, if we're going to get some dude who we don't know, let's see what he's like. Let's see what kind of, um, let's see what kind of managerial pedigree he's got. And I found some information. Right, I like the sound of this. Yeah, so... Um, this is full-on research. This is a worldy pod first. <laughs> it's a first. I've done some research. But it's obviously very biased, because I've only picked quotes that, that paint him in a good light. Oh, okay. Obviously. Oh, well, obviously, yeah, yeah. So he's currently manager of Vitoria Guimarães. Okay, obviously, yeah. And if you've, if you've ever heard somebody speak Portuguese, there's a lot of shh type of sounds, which is, makes it impossible to understand. Yes. Um, and he also managed Chavez, uh, Rio Ave, and Porto. And okay. a lot of the respect that he's built in Portuguese football is because he was with the Portuguese, uh, sorry, with the Porto youth side for a very, very long time. Right. Okay. Spent a lot of time there training youngsters up through the ranks, and then at one point took control of the first team. Wow. Okay. Uh, for a period of time as well, before going off on his own and then managing Vitoria. Um, and I found a really good article which was actually written in 2014 when there was a lot of interest in him because he'd obviously been a behind the scenes guy yes and at that point he was coming forward and being more in the public eye uh, and he's apparently a very he's quite a funny uh, and good uh, speaker with the press right okay so they it. had quite a lot of interest in him uh, and this there's a football website called mace football uh, and i read so it's really good and if you just google it you'll find it and there's lots of good stuff in there and i did the google translate yep uh, <laughs> so this is sort of accurate okay then and it wasn't very good, so I've taken some liberties as well. Okay, I've just changed good. some adjectives. So effectively, what, I know you're what, I'm doing. what you're doing is putting words in his mouth, basically. No, this is what they call translation. Right, okay. So Expert I, translation. I've taken some poetic license, just on a couple of words in there. Um, but he was described as a person of uh, great conviction, extremely straightforward and humble. I like the sound of this guy. Yeah. So uh, I, I read that and I thought, well, that does sound good, doesn't it? He's straightforward, gets to the point, humble, no fuck aroundery. Uh, and this, <laughs> that wasn't in the. I added that. <laughs> yeah, one. Okay, fuck yeah. aroundery yeah. is mine. That's yeah, because that is a very well known Portuguese <laughs> phrase. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but this one was one of my favourites because he's worked across such a broad range of, of ages and levels and stuff. Uh, they say even even when he's managing in really like crappy conditions, the conditions that aren't very good, he was he was able to treat it like he was managing a professional team, regardless of the level. Mm. And that even in really difficult circumstances, he was able to innovate in the way that he was coaching players. I thought that sounds very promising. Yeah, it does. Of yeah. a guy that doesn't rely on money and doesn't rely on having this huge, yeah. you know, infrastructure behind him, which is pretty cool. Um, he said to build really strong relationships with players. Okay. Which is good. Um, and he's basically described as being a serious person and direct. Okay. What what do we know what his English is like? Non existent. Right. So it is a Bielsa yeah. situation. Uh I mean Tiago Tiago Lori speaks a bit of Portuguese. Yeah. He'll be all right. Um Bielsa's doing all right, though. Well, exactly. <laughs> I mean, he's yeah, working know. pretty well for Bielsa. I feel sorry for that fella that has to stand there doing yes, the interviews yeah. for him. But yeah, so I, so this, those were just a few highlights that I that I pulled out of the article. I thought that's he sounds like a good guy, you know. And so then, after doing that, I went on Twitter and I thought, can I find some Portuguese fellas yeah. that are willing to give me some give me some feedback? Well, somebody already done the work for me, right? So okay, I was able to piggyback off someone else's international Ex relations. Excellent, just like Oasis did with their entire career. Oh, can't eat Jesus. 
This podcast doesn't make it above like any further north <laughs> than Oxford, so I think we're all right. Um, yeah, and and they the feeling was generally that he's one of the best respected coaches in in Portuguese football. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a guy that that the that the league is generally very proud to have, and they're excited about his potential future. And they feel that uh, it's a huge risk for him on a personal level to go to Reading, but not a major risk for Reading to take him. Yes. Which is cool, as far as I'm concerned, but I can imagine that if you have, you know, it's a bit, I suppose, not at this level, but it's a bit like when Klopp or David Wagner or something goes out of their comfort zone, comes to England, doesn't know how everything works here. Yeah. Will they Will they survive? And also taking on a club that's in a difficult position versus... Built, he's been building this project at, at Vitoria for a long time, and I think their fans feel like it's a bit of a shame that they might lose him at the point where they're just starting to to make some progress. But all in all, I was pretty encouraged by what yeah. I found. I mean, I, I would say I would say on their 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 point about it being a gamble for him. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it probably is, but probably one worth taking in that you there aren't very many le- ways to get a leg into English football, and English football is where the money is. It's also where the that profile is, is. It is it is the peak of the club game in yeah. term, you know. Uh, so it it is not a huge surprise that that he would want to do that. And and you've name checked people like David Wagner and Bielsa and people like that who are actually using the championship mm-hmm. as a way of demonstrating their worth to get themselves jobs in the Premier League. Yeah. And and so they and I think so it's, it's proven to help yeah, in the championship sort of improve the quality of the league. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it is it's a well trodden path now that so I I don't see it being a huge risk with him. The 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 the, the only element of risk for him is um how much trouble are Reading in as a football club, exactly, and, and yeah. um, are they get outable? You know, get out of itable with yes. a decent manager. Well, um, the rumor goes um, that the that uh, Luis Castro's agent, a familiar name to us all, Mister Kier Drabchin, yeah, uh, Armenia's favorite agent. He um, he supposedly is the guy that's that's connecting Nigel Howe uh, to Luis Castro, and rumors that were going around in the Portuguese press were that Reading are offering him personally a million euros uh, to join the club and a package of around 11 million euros for him and all of his team and everything else and all the transition that needs to take place. So there's obviously been a lot of thought that's gone into this maybe even before the the Clement sacking. Yes, yes. Um, And that there is a long-term plan in place. The other thing that's really interesting that hasn't been in the British press but was in... uh, that was in uh, an outfit called Record, which is one of the um, Portuguese outlets, that they're saying that Dayong is as promising as part of the package to Castro to spend 100 million euros over the next season, with 50 million euros coming in the next transfer window and 50 million next summer. So that would back up my idea that they do have money to spend, but we haven't been able to get them to spend it. And if true, is incredibly exciting. Yeah, uh, but maybe bollocks, of course, because we're still in that period where the press are looking for stuff to write about this story, and it could be nonsense. But I kind of, I kind of like the fact that it came out in the Portuguese press because it's obviously a story that they're circulating down there to try and convince Castro to come. Right. Yeah. So Jarabchin's probably spreading this story in the local press yes. to try and build it up. But it makes me think that there's that there might be something 
behind it. Then, yeah, I mean, and again, you can never take it. You know, you, you can't take those things on face value necessarily, as you say, because because it's entirely plausible as well that those those are numbers that are thrown around over in Portugal to make the Portuguese fans happier about losing him, yep, or you know, go or not happier about it, but go. Well, do you know what? He's we, taken the money. We can't compete with that. Yeah. So it's fair enough. Um, I mean. Yeah, who knows? I mean, it is it is about time that they they kind of put up it or shut up for, from Reading's perspective. So um, yeah, there was a the, very... the big question is how much how much money is needed to get Reading up to a a decent level, mm. and therefore will what's left actually take them to a competing at the top end of the table level? Who knows? Yeah, I think it's a really interesting it's a really interesting debate because you see it now across well, the kind of middle to lower Premier League, the championship, and to some extent into the top parts of League One, that there is a there is a balance between an owner of a football team that can keep the club going but can't invest money and yeah. a kind of super owner, sugar daddy, that is able to invest a shitload of money. And your traditional owners, like John Badesky was at Reading, yeah, yeah. only has a certain amount of money got us into the Premier League when you could do that with, you know, not a huge amount of money. But as he said in a recent interview, he's like, I've spent my money on Reading. I've literally spent it. I've spent all the money I had on this club. And now I'm not rich enough to take the club to the next level. And the reason that I've sold it over the years, now the third set of owners, is because I I was told they have more money than me. Yeah, And he is convinced that these two have billions and billions of, of, of dollars in the coffers. And it's just whether we can tease them tease those dollars out and bring them to the club yeah and, and there are lots of people with lots of money and in, in some of them get involved in football because you know they have grand ambitions to launch loads of stuff and just be the one the people that stood there on the sparkly yeah. rooftops and yeah. stuff um and in some of them are not um and the people who took over late in orient for example so david david hearn is it david hearn um, the boxing man, yeah, Barry Hearn. Barry Hearn. So David Hearn's a guy I know from somewhere else. <laughs> he won't be listening. It's fine. Um, so Barry Hearn. Um, so Barry Hearn. He sold Leighton Orient, and he did a big, did, did this big kind of flag waving kind of. This is the moment that Leighton Orient are going to launch yeah, themselves up yeah. to the big time because these guys they've got some cash and they're going to plough it into your football club. And they nearly sank the club. Mm. They nearly destroyed it. I mean, they, that Leighton Orient very were like minutes away from not existing anymore. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think that's, that's, that's not the, the norm. That is actually a special case. It's a risk. Um, I mean, you're having a Portsmouth, right? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Um, so there are, um, yeah. So there's, there's always a gamble with people like this coming in. Um, but it, it, it does at least sound a lot more positive for Reading, now than it was looking yeah a month ago I, I i think you have to have a chairman and a board in place that is not just looking out for their own self-interest they have to take risks and they have to realize that they are working for the club and i think that was the problem with ron gore he's working for himself like a lot yeah. of chairmen i want to bring my salary in make a load of money and i don't care what happens to the club so i'm getting bankrolled basically right and i'm hoping that the situation is now that we've got a man in who genuinely cares about the club and he was he's involved in this elm park project that's going on which is going to develop around the stadium yeah and that's what he's been doing recently so maybe that is tied in and there's money now that's being invested from the chinese into that as well to get that project finished which i know he wants to do so yeah, it all it all feels a hell of a lot better, um, but I guess nothing has actually changed. 
yet, as we found out when we went to the game this evening. Yes, we did because it, I mean, I mean, I've now seen well in the flesh two, but yeah. I've now watched three, maybe four Reading games, and I didn't see a whole lot different tonight <laughs> no. than, than I have in any of the other games. No, this this season very little has has, has changed game to game. I've seen micro improvements, mm-hmm. as I've mentioned before, across across the team, um, but. Just just before we get into the specifics of the game, including one amazing highlight, yeah, um, I just wanted to skip back over Clement's results. So the result today, obviously we lost 2-0 on a very poor performance, but that is the result not of what uh, Scott Marshall did today. I remembered his name. Well <laughs> <laughs> not what Scott Marshall did today, but the result of what Clement has been doing over the yes, last eight months. very much. And so his, his stats in a nutshell, 30 games... Shit, I mean, that in itself is a poor fucking turnaround, isn't it? Yeah. He has now been sacked three times in three years. So I think he's he was 16, 17, 18 now been sacked Blimey. as a manager. So yeah. maybe not for you, Paul. Yeah. Maybe just not for you. Uh, 30 games, seven wins um, across those 30 games, eight draws and 15 losses, mm-hmm. uh, giving him a, a 0.97 points per game, which... Typically is not enough to keep you up in the in the No, you draw all your games, you'll get relegated. Uh, yeah, so over that period, he only picked up 29 points. So 29 points from 30 games. We scored 32 goals and we conceded 47. Jesus. Um, top scorers during that time, John Danny Bodvarsson got seven and Matey got seven. Uh, Matey being one of the few players that benefited from, from Clement being there, really improved his game and actually came into the first team and became a regular under Clement. So I think Matey will probably thank Clement a lot for, yeah. for getting him there um, and now has to kick on under whichever manager we have. So, I mean, he did save us from relegation last year. And one highlight from that, if I'm sure Reading fans will remember, uh, but many may remember, we we beat QPR 1-0 and uh, Vitaminone saved a 91st minute penalty in that game. That was Clement's first game in charge. And those points really helped us stay up. And, and the few that we picked up last season kept us out of, out of trouble. So he did that job. He was brought in to keep us from relegation last season and he did it. And now we're what? 15 games into this season and it hasn't worked and he's gone before maybe he can cause too much damage so if you look at it like that it makes it makes a bit of sense you know yeah i mean i think you know i i I am i am very much an advocate of giving a manager you you can't you can't really tell what a manager's got until he's had a full transfer window um sorry a full summer of transfers and and a full season um you you Anything, anything other than anything less than that, and they've not really been given enough of an opportunity to actually make enough of an influence on the squad, the, the team, yeah. and things like that. Um, so, I think I think you have to give a manager that, unless you're in serious, genuine, legit, legitimate mm. danger of of going you know beyond yeah. beyond, beyond the, the windmill on back to the future three you know you're past <laughs> yeah. the point of no return yeah. um which I, I mean i don't know whether reading were there yet or not i mean i think it might be a bit early in the season to be saying that but also at the same time there's lots of other things changing at the football club exactly. so then makes then is the right time to be making yeah. a change you so you're changing everything at once and you can everybody start from the same base point um, and plough forward and I think if you are going to clean house you have to do it now because like we were talking about last week about Oxford making that mistake of trying to do it in January February is extremely dangerous And, and you've got so you give them a run up run up through the Christmas period 
which is a risky period because there's a lot of points up for grabs. And if you don't have a good time, then, you know, you can fall behind. But yeah. then that was probably going to be the case under Clement anyway. Yeah. Um, and then you've given them a bit of a run up. The, the managers learn what he needs to learn about the side that he's currently got, the players he's currently got. And then he can actually then go out and strengthen in January. You sign somebody as a manager on the 2nd of January. Yeah, sure. You're giving them the transfer window. But I guarantee you, all they're going to do is bring in players that they've worked absolutely. with before. Yeah, absolutely. And they, they, because they go, I can trust that. I can trust that drug, right? but, mm-hmm. but they're not going to say they're not going to be able to analyze and assess where the strengths lie. They're going to have to rely on people who are already here to already at the club to do that. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I, I, I think I think it made a degree of sense doing that. Um, but I think any time when you come in as the rescue manager in the last few games of the season, it's always going to be tough. Well, uh, in well, the following year, yeah, you know. Well, I mean. <laughs> Broadly, to a to a point, although we, Oxford were, were never actually in any real danger of going down, I don't think. But but to to a degree, people are actually painting that as the picture that Carl Robinson inherited. Mm. Actually, that's bullshit because when Pep Clotet was sacked, we were like tenth yeah, in the table. Yeah, yeah. So um, I mean, we were on a poor run, and it it was it, it looked worse than tenth in the table of what we were watching on the pitch. Yeah, but, but you're still there. But yeah. um, you've got the points in the bag but, to an extent. But. The problem was obviously then the, the protracted fucking search for a manager thing and then the takeover thing and all of that happened at the same time. And then, um, yeah, so when, when Robinson came in, things weren't as good as they ought to have been. I still think he had enough players that it wasn't a problem. But nevertheless, he had a difficult position. to. He picked up and inherited a team that was losing football matches quite yeah. badly. And he had to try and... Again, I don't think we were in danger of going down, but he still had to reverse it and successfully did that. Um, but then it goes... You know, there's so many parallels between mm, Reading and yeah, Oxford because yeah. Clement and, and Robinson found themselves in very similar situations at the very start of this season. Yes, absolutely. Um, the difference being, even though it's not been particularly spectacular, Carl Robinson has managed to get a bit of a foot in the ground. Yeah, um, he's turned it around and got some performances. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't team. go as far as saying turned it around yet, but but at least he's he's, he's at least kind of steadied the ship. Whereas, I think it helps when every like second goal that Oxford score is an absolute worldie, so the the crowd get excited because you're banging in amazing it, goals every it, five minutes it does help but also that's not that's not something you can rely on it's not sustainable is it no. to, to be scoring shots from outside the box every game no but it is happening yeah, I mean, it, James yeah, Henry again yeah. today and we, and, and, and we are scoring lots of goals at the moment so that, I mean, that's yeah. and, that, and that's anyway we, 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 we've, we've strayed on to Oxford let's so. get this game out of the way there's very little yeah. to say about it because it was terrible first half was pretty good uh, Reading played in a 4-4-2 um, we had Rinomota and Bakuna in the middle of the field uh, McNulty and Loder up up front. Loder looks good. I think he's mm-hmm, he's generally yeah. going to be a very good player. All the players that are good looked good, and all the ones that aren't didn't. Yeah, is my sort of summary of it. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, I think weirdly, I think it looked like a. It looked to me a. Li- I I kind of understand what you're saying by the fact you've said previously where people don't really know what their roles are. Mm. I mean, I, I think they looked a little bit more organised and, did. and yeah. carried a little bit more threat, even though there wasn't a great deal of threat than we did the, the, the last time I watched Reading. But um, um, I, I'm continually to continue to be impressed by Bakuna. I think he's great. Very good. He's playing yeah. a little bit deeper than when I first saw him. And he, he just... He was running the show today. Yeah, really. pulling the strings. Like Especially total, in the first half. Like total yeah. puppet master. Yeah. Um, I think... I think First half, I thought I think Reading played really well. I think, well, I mean, relatively well. They 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 
had large spells of possession and pressure. Yeah, um, without creating chances. Without sadly. creating, and that's the biggest issue. Yeah. And that's by far the biggest issue. You sat there, you met, you know, you're name checking the strikers, and I, I kept having to look to see who the strikers were because I'm thinking yeah. these guys are not in the game. Reading have had all this pressure, yeah. but none of the strikers are actually getting involved in no, it. No, like, is, like Danny really... Loder ended up playing as a false nine in behind yeah. um, McNulty because he looked good when he was getting on the ball and getting touches, but he's not in a dangerous, threatening yeah. area. So anyway, the first half the first half was was good and felt promising, and then uh, in the second half, um, the pressure built and the pressure built and the pressure built, and the players just lost it. And in the last fifteen minutes, we were making mistakes all over the place, and conceded two very basic goals from crosses. Yeah, um, I, I think I think I think part of it was that the. the Sheffield United are a decent side, yeah. And yeah. Chris Wilder made a change at halftime, so he he brought off former Oxford United midfielder um, John Lundstrom, who yeah. we, we we still miss. Um, <laughs> um, they we, he he brought him off, um, and um, and I actually don't know who he brought on, and they, I think they changed things around a little bit. Um, but whatever it did, it had a massive it made impact. A big and, How and good is fucking George Baldock? Fucking brilliant, and He's it is really. It good. was like a little reunion for me. I was having a lovely time. I was like, yeah, see Chris Wilder out my the corner of my eye being an asshole and like like you know shouting at everybody and it reminded yeah. me me of him shouting at me all the time um and then but yeah seeing little georgie bulldog the little link up play between lundstrom and bulldog in the first, in the first half, half was very brilliant good, yeah. it was like what is it like 2016 again it was amazing yeah. and as a little as a little aside in the last few minutes uh sam bulldog came on for reading and the two brothers were on the pitch together yeah and i don't know i don't know if they've actually played to get played against no, each other or not the first time no tasty tackles i was really hoping yeah, george was going to go in and crunch him yeah. but disappointing but none of that matters because no, no before we went into the match i don't i have to admit i don't always do this but we have a raffle uh at the Medeski, which is called the golden gamble golden gamble golden gamble so you have that and uh i thought why not i've got a couple of quid in my pocket i'll get myself um and andy a ticket so we got got a ticket but at half time i was desperate for a pint so we snuck off had a pint got a pie Ooh. and then I just thought I want to go back in and just look at the board because they hold the golden gamble board up and as I walk in I see the number and actually before we even got in I said to Andy oh they give away two prizes one is a cash prize and one is the signed ball and I you know if I had to choose I'd probably take the ball you get like 200 quid for the thing which is not to be sniffed at but the the signed ball is pretty cool right as we walk back to the stand, I'm just looking out and trying to see the pitch. And I see the sign. I'm like, 1738 on there. I was like, I'm sure I've got 17-something. So I'll bother to get my ticket out. So I get the ticket out, 1738 and, on the ticket. And he's like, I've won. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, obviously, yeah, good one. Um, <laughs> no, 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 I've, I've won. Right, let's have a look then. <laughs> I've won. And, and I look down and sure enough, it's the, it's the ball that he's... It's the, it's the, it was amazing. What it, a was, it was fucking brilliant. The, so I, I go down onto the pitch because my seats are right near the dugout. So I was able to go right over. Like, I've got a ticket. And he was like, it's a bit late. We've all, we've finished it. And I was like, I've got the ticket. So they bring me on the pitch. I shake hands with somebody. I don't even know who it was. The photographer takes a picture and I walk away with my signed ball. And not only did you walk away, but you did that as a Sheffield United player because you had to stop and wait for the Sheffield United players. George Bulldog. And I got a photograph of you stood right next, waiting for George Bulldog to run past. Brilliant. It was bloody great. It was nice. So that was, that was a lovely little, uh, lovely little moment there. So even though the game wasn't great and we got rained on and we lost, I won the fucking golden gamble. 
I'm, I'm also just one final note, really pissed off because I buy the 50 50 <laughs> thing pretty much every time I go to Oxford United, never ever won. Your first yeah. fucking ticket, you bloody win something on. Outrageous. Filth. I, yeah. I apologise. But there you go. I don't apologise much. So I've got a signed match ball in my blooming pocket. Nice. So there you go. <laughs> that was that was the day that was the day at Reading. I mean, I did I did just want to mention some of the really annoying people in the crowd mm. uh giving Scott Marshall our interim manager in charge for probably one game. Yeah. Giving him a load of stuff. Oh, come on. Yeah, sort the sort them out. Come on, get them stuck in, boys. Come on, what, what are you doing? What? Like, what, what was he meant? What kind of impact has he meant to have had in the two days that he's been in charge <laughs> of that? Ridiculous. Absolutely uh, ridiculous. It's it's, it's madness. Uh, and at times, I thought the crowd were really good, actually, in getting building some some um, some some noise in the ground, and you know there was a feeling of something happening today, which was really good. Um, but in once the team fell apart, then the crowd were gone. Yeah, yeah, and, and that was the end of that. Yeah, it was disappointing. Disappointing that they, you know, for for, for Reading that that they. The, the the goals looked massively avoidable, oh, yeah, you know. Totally, in in, yeah. in Sheffield United created a couple of chances, one which was a really good chance, but but they hadn't been peppering the goal. No. And, and, and a was, nil nil draw would have been the perfect result based I, on the performance. It would have been broadly fair. Yeah, I think yeah. broadly fair. So yeah. So anyway, uh, so there you go. So uh, an end of an era and the beginning of a new one, or maybe not quite yet, but certainly we're in the uh, we're in the early stages of a new era, and that was. A day in RG2. So there you go, Andy. Yet another amazing experience at the Mad Stad. Exciting times. Right then, I think we'll take a break, have a deep breath, and then we'll come back and we'll have a little bit of hot ox chat. Nice. Nice? Back in a sec. Aye, that worldly podcast is great. Um, Where's my money? Right, well, Steve Evans earned some money today uh, hosting, uh, hosting Oxford over there. At the well, the A back A backs A back state the London Road at London Road absolute I, I think it's I think it's a Peterborough software developer that has sponsored the stadium. Fuck off for sponsoring stadiums. You it's bastards. rubbish. It's I, absolutely I terrible. Boycott all companies <laughs> that sponsor football stadiums. Well, I saw the the Oxford United official Twitter were very keen. To, to say, welcome to the ABAC Stadium with lots of pictures of the ABAC logo. So I wonder if they were encouraged they probably, yes, they probably uh, to were. post that. Anyway. Yeah, they probably got sort of like a pack of biscuits for doing it, <laughs> knowing how they work. Um, so off off the uh, off the use went uh, to, to London Road. Yeah, so um, if you remember back to a uh, previous podcast, um, one of the things that I've been talking about is that we've had a, we've had a really good spell. We've had a good run. Yeah. Um, unbeaten. The, well, we up, up, sort up, up, of. Up, well, it was unbeaten up until the, the Bradford game oh, a couple right, of weeks yes. ago um so um but yes it was i mean that is now including today's draw to a draw that is now one defeat in 12 games so very you know, nice it's, 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 very it's, it's, nice it's, indeed but the, pro- the problem that i was alluding to previously was the fact that during that we have played very few actually good teams and it is mostly shit teams that we've played during, but you gotta during beat that. the shit no no, teams. no 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 you do you absolutely do but the big question is is where, where actually are we here yeah, as yeah, a football yeah, club? Yeah. Because we've we've had a really really big batch of shit teams, mm-hmm. and actually one of the things is you have to beat the big the, the shit teams. Yes, you do. We haven't been. We've been drawing a mm, lot of games true. against the shit teams. So um, 
But you know, given where we were at the start of the season and stuff, that that'll do for now. It's it's yeah. a bit of kind I think of you've you've learned that you're better than probably four other teams. In the oh league. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we're definitely definitely not. Yeah, we're definitely not relegation candidates. And again, I you know, I, I in terms of what we have on paper, there's no way we were relegation candidates in terms of quality anyway. Yeah. The big question is whether or not the manager can turn this round actually properly and take us you know at that stage further. Yeah, right. Sure. Um. So the biggest concern I had is that we'd we'd only played shit teams pretty much with a couple of decent results away at places like south end again draws but you know nevertheless they were they weren't points that i was expecting to pick up um so looking at this peterborough game this is the first in a in a, in a series not in an unbroken series of good teams but a whole bunch of good teams coming up in the next few weeks um and so this was a big marker i think a big test as to where how far we have actually come in the last kind of you know five six seven weeks um and the chance to do one over on steve evans well, and that's, as a, as always nice. bonus. that's always nice isn't it and, yeah. and, and actually it's one of the thing that we were uh, chatting to some friends on on the text um i think it was uh rosie friend of the podcast who said um uh god i wouldn't want to be the fourth official today <laughs> fucking like steve evans and paul rayner in one oh, ear and 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 fucking carl robinson um and sean derry in the other ear both screaming blue murder at you being completely yeah. utterly irrational and unreasonable that would have been a hard day out for that yes chap. oh just while you mentioned sean derry you know yeah. he was on the uh table for the wrexham job you yes that? Yeah, yeah. yeah is yeah. that is that happening no idea okay don't care sorry just you guys just thought that. i'd mention um <laughs> um yeah so um yeah so tough game for the fourth official um but no anyway so but a tough game for us i mean we've we've spoken a lot about peter at length about i mean they went on they 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 won their first six or something ridiculous in the league they they, i mean they they had a really 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 good start they have fallen off a little bit and actually arguably quite a good time to for us to have played them um because they they, they're on a bit of a wobble if we played them in the first week of the season like we did with barnsley and portsmouth we would have been some trouble um but um, but nevertheless, it's still a really tough place to go. Um, we went, they took a 10 minute lead. I'll be honest with you. Pff, I thought that was it. Mm-hmm. Um, they also had a couple we, so Simon Eastman made a couple of really good, important saves immediately after that. Uh, we then have a goal ruled out, um, for offside. Uh, James Henry had one ruled out for offside, which he doesn't think he was. I think they've looked at it back. I haven't had a chance to yet, but they reckon he was level. Um, but it didn't matter because, you know, like I think it was like 20 minutes later or something, he did actually then equalise. Um, With another out-of-the-box thunderbolt. Apparently so. Again, not seen that yet. I so, saw it on the tweets. Yeah. It's a lovely goal. So, yeah, so that was so that was good. Um, and then uh, Peterborough took a, took a 2-1 lead. Um, and then 88th minute, uh, we get a penalty. Um, it was Gavin White, I think, who was uh, who was upended according to what I've seen on Twitter. Yeah. And James Henry stood up and dispatched the penalty. Got so, himself a brace. Yeah. Very so nice. he's our he's now he's now our top scorer definitely. Oh, okay. Um, and he's excellent. I love him. I think he's he. I mean, he was. It's really funny because he his his first season last season he took a while to warm into the role, and everybody was like, "This guy's fucking rubbish. Who is this yeah. guy?" He's like, he can't be that shit. He's come from like Wolves, yeah, and, like yeah, played yeah, yeah, yeah. in like a really really good Wolves team, and he's rated there. He, he must have something. So about him. yeah, come on, let's give him a bit of time. But at the time, it wasn't working for him at all. But yeah, and then last season, he by the end of the season, he was by far and away our best player, and yeah. that was our top scorer last season. And this season, he's he's had to. 
he struggled to find his find his feet. He's been moved around a little bit. He's now actually basically playing him in field. Yeah, which he's basically the team's much more settled over the last well, few weeks. And as yes, well. and five five games now um, yeah. with with the same starting lineup, which is a massive thing in football. Yes, consistency really of starting. Yeah. It's, it's funny because. Um, Carl Robinson, when he was asked about this last week, he was saying, well, I don't have any choice. Everybody's injured. And I'm like, dude, <laughs> fucking hell, you never yeah. do yourself any favours, no. do you? Just talk about the stability that you've instilled in the exactly. football club. Stop looking for your next out and your next excuse. Oh, talk Jesus. about the fact that, yeah, we've got a together bunch of lads. We've found a formula that's working really well for us. Why would you change? He cannot like, talk to the media, that no, guy. He can't He's useless. Can't. But... Um, but yeah, so anyway, so but that but whether it's enforced or not, um, it is a good sign. It's working. And you know what? You look at that team on paper, and there's very little that you would change with it. I mean, we've got players out injured who you would want in a starting lineup. Um, you know, Shandon Baptiste, you would want him to find yeah. a place in there somewhere. But at the same time, Jesus Christ, you've got Billy Haircut and Shandon Baptiste yeah, on yeah, the yeah. bench. You you're you're that is a wonderful position Oxford, to be Oxford's in. Oxford's forward line is enviable it well, is I, I was thinking today uh, at Reading I was like could do with uh, Brown and White and, yeah <laughs> and, and, and Henry Henry and, and, and you know even like Jamie Mackey who obviously had some some time at Reading you see you see the kind of effort and, and, and press that yeah. goes on with that team and it's so effective and then you look at you know you look at a bunch of lads that are paid obviously a hell of a lot more than that, not not doing the same job. Very annoying. Jay, Jamie Mackey is exactly what Reading need right now, yeah. actually, in terms of up front, because yeah. this is one of the biggest issues we've had with a lack of like a really good a cent, focal point. Cent, yeah, there, like yeah. a really good number nine, like a really good centre forward, is that. The, the game that we were playing hasn't been suiting any of those players. Now we're playing a much more kind of shit kind of horrible kind of like nasty tactic <laughs> like thing that that suddenly Jamie Mackey has actually found his found his yeah. his and it, it suits him yeah. and so whilst I don't like that that we're playing that football what we are doing is we're playing a suit finally playing a style of football that suits the footballers that we have which is what we've not been doing yes. all season so yeah. even if it is a, a style of football I don't like at least we are doing what is we're playing to our strengths right now yeah. which is which is which is nice to see that's good um, so lots of positives from a footballing perspective. I, I wasn't expecting to, anything, to get anything out of today's game. I think a point is a fucking brilliant point, yeah. um, regardless of how it came about, two minutes from the end of what, you know, we did, you know, had the ball in the back of the net fairly at one point that was ruled out. So, you, you know, I think... Take it. Yeah, absolutely. I think, that, I, think that's, I think that is a really good, really, really good result. Um, I think if we can continue this kind of like staying relatively unbeaten... Um, Relatively unbeaten, you can't be unbeaten. That is an absolute, isn't it? Um, if you can, if, if we can avoid defeat too much, yes, and you know, yeah. and, and just pick up, draw games, and pick up the odd win here and there over the course of the Christmas period, then I think you know an opportunity maybe to strengthen a little bit in January. Yeah. And I think, I think, I think that does put us in a strong position for the second half of the season. Nice. So, 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 so credit to Carl Robinson. He's he's you know. Um, he has done a lot that I, I, I didn't expect him to be able to do. Yeah. I, 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 w- I will add caveats to that in that I think we're performing at a level that we really fucking ought to be with the quality of players that we have. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But but you can't then You're at a, that level. Yeah, and you can't yeah. but you can't have a go at somebody for achieving something that no. they ought to be achieving. Yeah, so right. yeah. So um, so tell us off the field, there's been a lot of stuff that's been floating around the news this yeah. week. Tell 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 us about the uh, the financial situation. So it's, it's difficult to know how serious or otherwise this is. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna wind back 
a little bit. I'm going to wind back to to January when the the the, the takeover by Sumrit Tanagar Janasut. Yeah, um, very good. I know, I've been practicing very that. Very good. It's really funny. when I remember uh, Jerome Sayer, like the second day after Tigers uh, took over, yeah. and he, he read that out, and then somebody said, well, well done, well done, Jerome. You've obviously been practicing that. And I'm like, who hasn't been practicing <laughs> yeah, that? Yeah, that's Just supposed like, to be your job. Yeah, and, and, and it's, you know... It's not it's not my job, but it was yeah. the first thing that I did when <laughs> when he when he just like oh that's a complicated thing I'm going to learn how yes, to say that nice. like but anyway so there we go um, <laughs> yeah um, but yeah so he, when he took over um, just after the takeover it came out that um, that we we had a we, we we had a winding up order from HMRC a winding up petition filed against us for an unpaid tax bill um, which. Lots of people got really jumpy and upset about, um, and then they the, the club came out and just said, "Look, don't worry. It was something that just kind of got overlooked in the kind of chaos of the the the, the takeover and the search for a manager and stuff like that. The, the club was in fluctuation. It was a difficult situation. Don't worry, it's not going to happen again. The, but the, the money's been paid. Think no more of it. Yeah. And I took that on face value because it seems like a reasonable explanation. So I took it totally on face value." and forgot all about it then i want to say about three weeks ago something like that um it came out that we'd had another winding up petition served against us by hmrc um and this time there was no reassurance no in fact actually no there was because the um couple of board members went to oxvox which is a supporters trust they went to their AGM or whatever or something, and they actually said just a very quick, very dismissive, um, don't worry, that's going to be paid. It's not a problem. Don't worry about right. it. And then that was it. That was like two, three weeks ago. So everyone thought, right, fine. Okay. So they just said, don't worry, not a problem. It's going to be paid. And nothing happens. And then nothing happens. And then effectively, we then get... Um, we would then get effectively summons to the high court. So we then got a high court battle to go to to deal with this 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 unpaid tax bill which we had just been reassured two weeks ago yeah. not a big deal it's yeah. being it's being paid um and so so this goes on and nothing from the club about this absolutely nothing from the club and like the um the the supporters trust oxfox went to the the unusual step or they've got new new people in charge at oxfox so i mean they're i think those guys are finding their feet a little bit but they took what is the unusual step of writing an open letter to the uh, chairman okay. basically saying we're not happy with the way the club's being run not 100 sure about that kind you that kind of rhetoric in a yeah. public letter but nevertheless um they they were quite open in terms of the fact that they said um we deserve we ought to know what the fuck's going on yeah, here probably. and and they're absolutely that right in that respect so so whilst you know whilst i'm not 100 sure about some of the things they said ultimately their point about actually raising this as an issue it's a serious yeah. issue yeah. Um, was the right thing to do absolutely no question in that um um but nothing from the club and then hmm. um in the, in the in the interviews that took place on thursday this week so the pre-match interviews for the press conference for for this weekend's game um uh Carl Robinson basically had to tell the press he said um he said I had to so no he didn't say it like that he said <laughs> it's all it's okay I, I phoned Tiger up had yeah. a chat with him I asked him I said look the play the players are going to ask me about this yeah, so I so yeah. I need to be able to provide them an answer what's the deal with that and he said Tiger almost laughed and said don't worry about that it's not a problem 
Oh, and I'm sorry, I've missed a step out. We missed a step out to say that um, just the day before that, or two days before that, the, the the press came out and said, "Oh, we understand the the the, the thing has now been paid." Right. That's that is the press saying we understand it has been okay. paid. There's nothing well, from the club. The, the press being told to say that it's been yes, um, but they but there's no no official. It's very line. strange. It is. So there's no official line from the from the club. And the last time anybody checked, and I haven't looked at this since then. The last time anybody checked. Um, we're still going to the High Court. Yeah. So even though we understand it's yeah. been paid, that the the, um, uh, the High Court has not withdrawn this case. Do yet. we know how much money is it? Is it a significant I I, amount I, of money? I don't know. I don't know. And I haven't seen that in it's any... It's very strange before. because you'd think that the club would really want to... That, that kind of story they'd very much like to control. You'd well, have thought. And this is this is the really annoying thing. It's because, because Carl Robinson... The fact that Carl Robinson had, I mean, I, you know, and you don't hear this very often. I feel really sorry for Carl <laughs> Robinson. I know I genuinely do because he, that is, he shouldn't have to be fucking phoning up and asking. No, He's had to phone up and ask the chairman, are we fucked for money? What's going on? Why yeah. are we going to the high court about an unpaid tax bill? Why have we got a winding up petition against us again? He shouldn't have to be doing that. He should be being told and reassured Where's the every chairman? step. Where's the chairman in all of this? Um, well, the thing is, the chairman is constantly over in in, in Thailand because yeah. that's where he spends all of his time. And now we've got new board members who who are meant to be doing part of that job, but there is there is this distinct and severe lack of communication between the board and the manager, apparently, and the board and the rest of, of the the rest of the public. Yeah. So Carl Robinson has had to go off to the chairman and say you know, um, what's going on and hasn't been given what I don't think. No, not of not a satisfactory answer, a satisfactory really. answer. And in all credit to Carl Robinson, because he probably isn't satisfied. Well, no, sorry. he might not be satisfied with that answer either, but he, what he hasn't done is gone. I'm unhappy with the answer I've been given yes. because he is, he is showing a positive and United front. And that is exactly for the months. right. Yes, quite. <laughs> and that is exactly the right thing for him to have done. So in, in, it is a demonstration of how weird and I think pretty shoddy this situation is that I am one hundred percent on Carl Robinson's yeah, side. Yeah, well, there you like, have it. Um, but the the the, the, th the thing that frustrates me is that it is, as you said, it, it needs to be a. It's the kind of thing that you would expect them to want to have, like a yes. good positive line yeah. on. Um, now I did a little thing out on Twitter, which was to I'll see if I can find it. It was a little poll to ask whether or not the financial situation in oh here we go. What's the deal with the Oxford United finances then? I said, is it A unscrupulous practices? <laughs> right? Because it could be, because quite often people in business they really, really delay yeah. their tax yeah. payments to the very, very, yes. very, very, very last minute. Um yeah. Now that, that and that this is taking that to a fucking extreme. Oh, yeah, if you're about to get a call um, for it, exactly. Yeah. Um, another one uh, was incompetence. Are they Very just possible shit at all of this? Yes. Yeah. Um, and another one was they're just lazy and reckless. It's like don't yeah. matter. Oh fuck it, we'll get it right. Somebody will sort that out. Don't worry. Don't, you know. Um, or are we are we actually just fucked for money? Hmm. Which is which? And and so I did a little vote. Um, <laughs> Unscrupulous practices got nine, so we've got 116 people voted. Okay. Unscrupulous practices nine percent, incompetence 36 percent, lazy and reckless 22 percent. There's no money 33 percent. So Oxford mm. United fans seem yeah. to think it's either incompetence or we're fucked for f fucked for money. Lost it, lost it down the back of the sofa. Yeah, and I and I'm, I'm looking at that, and I'm not 100 percent sure which of those I actually think is better or worse. Um, because unscrupulous practices. Well, that could mean trouble, couldn't it? Because it could mean trouble, but at the same time, at least, at least 
least, and this is the way, at least it's deliberate. <laughs> you know? Least, yeah, which is least, better than just it, be, it being a complete shambles. Yeah, exactly. Because somebody driving a car really, really dangerously fast around a corner is one thing, but somebody driving a car um, directly at a brick wall with their yes. eyes closed, with their legs out the window, is, is a completely different yes. thing. Um so, so I'm not 100 percent sure which of those is is best or worst. Mm. And, and and one of the points I tried to make is that it actually might not be any of those. It might we we might be able to take them on their word and say actually, do you know, we for for some reason they can't explain what's yes, going on, yeah. but actually what's going on is absolutely fine. But they can't explain it. But well, I suppose but, but, there is there is the possibility but, that they are contesting, and that's why they're not paying. Possibly. But the problem, the problem we have is a void of anything from yes. the football club. And it is, it is absolutely rule one in communications. If you don't say anything, everybody else will we'll make it. They'll fill the they'll vacuum. Fill the vacuum yeah. And they will make up a truth. And Oxford United fans all, all now have an idea or a semblance of what they reckon yeah. is going on. And the longer it goes without the club saying anything, the more deep-seated that becomes. And then by the time the club actually come out and explain something, nobody, nobody will believe them anymore. Yeah, well, that's it. Well, why didn't you say that in the first place? So, and, and you just say, and, and, and I actually work in communications in the public sector, and it is, it's very easy to say something without saying fucking anything at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you yeah. can come out and say, and it's just reassuring, just, you reassure people just by saying, saying something, something yeah. even if what you're saying is actually meaningless and empty words you can at least but the, 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 like the, most of Carl Robinson's <laughs> press conferences but yeah but <laughs> anyway so it, it's it's deeply concerning and the concern for me is not not because I'm actually worried specifically about this this incident in this case, but it's the the way it's being handled and it's what the way the 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 board are currently approaching this whole thing. It it's either showing a lack of care, um, a lack of trust in their supporters, um, or it's it's showing a a disregard. Or, yeah. or, or miss an, or a, a lack of understanding of how football supporters work and how they want to kind of how football. Yeah, they, maybe not, they don't realise that it actually matters to the fans. Yeah, we're not we're not like normal customers. This isn't like a customer for an energy drink, right? No, they exactly. who don't give a single shit about the tax affairs of the, the organisation. It doesn't work like that with football supporters. Because, well, it's intrinsically tied to the future yeah. of the club. But, but there are lots of people who are very, very football people related now. Eric Thor here, who's this new uh, guy who, who most recently was chairman at Inter Milan, right? So we've got these people who understand football, yeah. genuinely, intrinsically understand football. They, they should know this stuff. But, but for some reason, for some reason, there's not. So there's... There's something going on. Don't know what it is, but well, I don't like it. <laughs> well, let's see if uh, by the time we next reconvene next weekend, uh, maybe they'll have put something out. We'll see Fucking where we hope are. So. <laughs> so I think we need to draw it to a close, Andy. Yeah, let's do it. Well, I'm going to say goodbye. Well, thank you very much uh, for listening, everybody. As always, you can find us worldypod at gmail.com. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, on Podbean, on the Stitcher FM, on all those different places where you might find your podcast. You can also find us on Twitter, at worldypod, Instagram, at worldypod. Uh, and we'll be back again to find out more about Oxford and Reading on Worldy next week. Nailed it. Fucking nice.